Welcome to the Ad Proficiency Podcast, presented by NerdJam.net. Whether you're a brand new player or veteran dungeon master, we're here to help you add depth to your game. We're going to be taking a deep dive look at skills in their combat, mobility, and utility applications, as well as discussing role-playing and reflavoring opportunities. So strap in and get ready for content. What are the combat applications of acrobatics? Acrobatics is a very useful skill. Previously, you would use it to move through combat among enemies without provoking attacks of opportunity. Very important if you're someone squishy like a rogue, can't really afford to take a hit from a two-handed sword from a barbarian. So that lets you flip over his head so he doesn't get the opportunity to attack you. So acrobatics is kind of like a skill for balancing, twisting, ducking, dodging. Yeah, dodging. It's also kind of like this catch-all skill for jumping, right? With the exception of like, athletics is like jumping distance. And then acrobatics is like jumping accurately, orienting yourself, landing. It's like everything else other than lift off preventing fall damage landing Pre- on your yeah, head negating you know, fall damage depending on your dm some dms yeah. are very like oh like you fall 10 feet that's that you know as far as combat goes aerial attacks are one of the first things that come to mind if one of my players is trying to drop from above as long as it's within reason right if they're jumping like 60 feet you're gonna break your legs yeah if it's within reason and they're able to land their acrobatics check i'll allow them to add some of that falling damage to their attack so this is like think assassin's creed right just dropping from above Great Um, gap closer if you're trying to take out someone who's escorted. Funnily enough, I'm reminded of Boondock Saints with Murph jumping off the top of his apartment with a toilet to save his brother. (laughs) There you go. Uh. (laughs) There you go. Attacks from above. And speaking of stunts like that, another application that I really don't see, and this is kind of up to your GM as well, are flips and stunts. Just add it. Throw it in there. Ask your GM, like, can I do a flip into this sword swing? Like, why not? Yeah. Like, I've got a plus nine to acrobatics. What else am I going to do with that if not look really cool? And let's be real. If you're going to pull off a wicked cool flip before your attack, I'm probably going to give you a little bit of a bonus. It's a wicked flip. To, do, to doing your attack because that just, that's awesome. Yeah. Throw, throw some momentum in there. I'm thinking of a lot of iconic fights. Uh, Jedi fights. Lots of acrobatics just, just thrown in there for flavor. Actually, acrobatics is used quite a bit in the Star Wars D20. A little bit off topic, but... Oh, I believe it. <laughs> and, and as we mentioned before, acrobatics, if you're on the receiving end of a grapple check, you can actually use your acrobatics to try and wriggle your way out of there. But as far as aerial attacks, flavor, and escaping grapples, that's that's about all I've got for combat, just off the top of my head. Yeah, we got tumbling, getting around enemies. Tumbling. There was, I, I did want to mention tumbling. I have it over in my mobility section here. But for those that don't know, tumbling is that you can use your action to move through an enemy's space by tumbling and making an opposed acrobatics check. But because this uses your action, this can be pretty inefficient. It might be worth it to take the disengage action and move around your obstacle. Rogues get this as a bonus action. But the problem with tumbling and disengage is that unless you move far enough away, your enemy can just walk right up to you again, smack you right after that. So I recommend taking the dodge action because it reduces their chance to hit you, but it also protects you until the start of your next turn. A good use for tumbling, though, would be to instantly flank an enemy that lets you reposition just like that and you get the opposite side of them get you that flanking bonus excellent idea as far as mobility goes acrobatics covers a lot Uh, i would allow players to scale terrain using parkour like techniques which adds an element of elevation to your game and you can start playing more of a 3d game uh, where your characters are jumping up on buildings and such running even on the side of buildings as part of movement like if Mm -hmm. you get a decent check that is entirely possible oh yeah chase sequences oh yeah following someone 
someone through a crowded street. So I've got jumping accurately, like I said, orienting yourself in midair. I have had players try and jump on other people, to which I've had them do an acrobatics check uh, against an opposed dexterity save to avoid being jumped on. Um, although I can see AC factoring in there as well. Or if we're talking about a cheerleader style thing where one person is jumping onto the shoulders mm -hmm. of another person, you may do a acrobatics check with the other person doing an athletics check to hold that other person up. Oh yeah, just make a tower of power. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just fire arrows from your shoulders. Hey, there's a fun build with three short people in a trench coat. Reaching hard to access areas. I feel like acrobatics will Definitely. will allow your character to sneak into places. Kind of in a similar way that athletics let people sort of kind of work around stealth by being smart about their approach. But that's going to be it for mobility. So like as far as utility, using your acrobatics when, when you're not in combat and you're not trying to get around, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is contortion and dislocation. And I'm thinking of that scene in Pitch Black where Vin Diesel has got his hands cuffed to a pole and then he dislocates both of his shoulders to sort of like slide his wrists up the pole and out in front of him. Very cool scene. Yes. I would also argue that that takes some uh, some constitution some saves. Constitution saves. To avoid that uh, the pain from yes. that because that is not a pleasant experience well i mean when you're vin diesel you can you can just do it i'm also thinking of i don't know if it's rush hour but jackie chan is able to squeeze through like very small spaces oh he does that he's done that in so many movies and it's amazing. i'm thinking of a particular mm. scene where he slides through like a bank teller's window and it's like a, a like small rectangular through. slot that you would yeah. like hand money through and he just jumps right through it that would be a pretty hard acrobatics check but it's oh, yeah. doable jumping over your bound hands attracting attention with an acrobatics display start breakdancing in the middle of the street you're bound to get a few looks would you consider that acrobatics or performance if you're saying i am specifically putting on an acrobatic display if someone had very low performance but very high acrobatics i don't see why that person couldn't just apply those acrobatics to like try and gather attention but that is like one of the main uses of performance i do understand that yeah i feel like i feel like that's that's one of the splitting hairs differences and skills is you could do performance acrobatics which would be doing it in a fanciful showman style way but then regular acrobatics is getting done what you need to get done right a little more simple yeah, yeah like straightforward to the right point. Whereas I, I completely see that with the performance acrobatics you would be big flourishes on your finishes and everything almost swashbucklery i yes. imagine that's actually a great transition so when it comes to role-playing highly acrobatic people who else would be very acrobatic i see this as being kind of an assassin skill well definitely definitely if we're talking uh character tropes you know you have your assassin your rogue mm -hmm. um rangers oh yeah climbing uh, trees like getting up there moving the through the branches swiftly you know that kind oh, of yeah. thing Another thing about acrobatics is I feel like these are one of those, these and there are many other skills that apply to this. This is one of those abilities that you can teach other people and give lessons for if you are particularly skilled in this and you come across someone who's interested in picking up that skill. And that will give you a way to engage with a character, form relationships, something like that. So up next, sleight of hand. Sleight of hand is such a fun skill. Such a fun skill. So much you can do with sleight of hand. How would you describe sleight of hand? Sleight of hand is going to be anything that you can do on the sly with your hands, transferring coins from another, any minor magic illusion that you would see any street magician doing, mm -hmm. let's say in our world, would mostly be sleight of hand, as I'm sure some of them would argue. So like the first thing that comes to mind is obviously like pickpocketing. Yes. But, but really it could be anything that requires quick, precise hand movement. So like card tricks, that sort of thing. 
Sleight of hand in combat. I actually think sleight of hand is really interesting for story. Planting evidence or, or lifting evidence. And I think combat's actually a great time for sleight of hand when your target's preoccupied with something else, especially if you take the thief class or the unearthed arcana skill feat, which allows you to perform a sleight of hand check as a bonus action. I personally find that lifting and planting an object can have a much greater story impact than killing a person. And so like, for example, I've got here a... You plant the Duke's stolen heirloom on a nearby guard as she attempts to settle the tavern brawl that you secretly ignited. You convincingly locate the missing valuable later, condemning the unfortunate guard to chains and gaining the Duke's favor. Totally. Immoral, but effective. Definitely. Another fun sleight of hand in combat. You can take a sword off of someone's belt mm. and then stab them with it. That's true. You can just Super sort of like easy. lift Take it. weapons from people um, if they're still sheathed. It's different if it's in their hand. That's a disarm check. Different thing. Mm -hmm. But if it's on their belt, on their person, not in hand, sleight of hand. Take it from them. Nice. I think of like Legolas grabbing an arrow off of someone and then like stabbing them with it. Totally. If you happen to, in combat, steal a particularly powerful magic item from an enemy, you can suddenly use that item immediately. Assuming you don't have to attune to it? Yeah. Assuming you don't have to attune to it. Yes. You can turn around and use some magic items right away. As far as mobility goes, how would you use sleight of hand for mobility? So it's a little trickier. Yeah. Um, All I could really think of was uh, you could use it for obtaining access to something. One of the gimmies is pulling keys off of like a guard. Get those cell keys. And as we mentioned before, another way I could imagine to use it for mobility is like quickly unlatching a gate while you're on the run. Again, these are like quick movements or grabbing food off of a plate as you sprint by. Just grab you some of that chicken. As far as utility goes, I feel like this is where sleight of hand really shines. We've already covered concealing things on your person and obtaining items. I do want to point out that the thing about sleight of hand is that the items that you steal are usually free, assuming you get away with them, and that can make sleight of hand an extremely powerful ability to have in your party. Swapping out items, quick hand movements, applying a poison to like some food on the fly, quickly adding your name to a list, that kind of thing. I personally house rule that certain spells can be cast subtly with sleight of hand checks. And if I do allow the reactionary casting of a somatic spell, I use the skill to see if they can crank it out quickly enough. So like if they've only got a moment, they're like real quick, I want to create the illusion of gold in that bag. I'll be like, all right, let's let's see if you can crank that out. How would you roleplay being good with sleight of hand? What are some opportunities for roleplay? Honestly, doing card tricks for large people, again, that might go into perform a little bit. But I can um, see how you would apply it. It's getting anything you need from anybody without them knowing. Something I particularly enjoy yeah. is combining your sleight of hand skill with disguises or shapeshifting. Because if you do get caught, you just ditch your disguise. Very true. And all the consequences die with that identity. This is a great time to use that disguise kit that you've had sitting in your equipment pack that you've never really thought about using. If you're a Mask of Many Faces Warlock, or you take that invocation rather, which allows you to basically change your appearance at will, this skill is ridiculous. Anytime you get caught, you just look like someone else. Yeah, And that's it. And that's it. Break line of sight, change your face, and you're now a new person that has no record. Mm -hmm. The disguise self spell, a druid's wild shape. You steal a potion, run out the door, turn into a bird, and are never seen again. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I always forget how broken wild shape can be at times. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, so what does being so sticky fingered say about a character? What are some jobs that have very precise hand motions? I'm thinking a typist, a secretary, a surgeon, perhaps a gardener. It's kind of like a weird thing, like think zombie apocalypse, right? Like what was your job before humanity fell? Oh yeah. Um, I played I dominoes, you know, something like that. Yeah. I feel like it's weird to try and put a profession to sleight of hand. It is, honestly, a, it is a little weird because it's, it's like, it's got this connotation with like just being for thieves, right? Yeah. So here's something else that's kind of interesting to think about. Let's say you are a thief. Are you wealthy or poor? If you're wealthy because you've been doing this for a long time, that has a lot to do with the lifestyle that you currently lead and how you use your sleight of hand skill, like the kind of people that you're maybe targeting for your sleight of hand. Definitely. Is your kleptomania tied to your personality? Do you maybe have like almost like a, a nihilistic, whatever I take is like mine and that's what's fair, finders keepers. Yeah. So how could we reflavor sleight of hand to look like something other than just misdirection and quick fingers? So you could have small robots taking things for you instead, but I feel like that would be kind of combining another skill that would be reflavored Honestly, later, honestly, later, I can but... see it. If, if you want to say my character's got Dr. Octopus arms affixed to my back, Absolutely. so if I try and make a sleight of hand check... I'm making a dexterity check, but these little arms, you know, these things are for snatching goodies. These things roll with my skill proficiency. And in that way, you can sort of just make something up. And, and this is something that all players can do too. You can make something up as long as it fits. And this will help you be more unique in the world. And I mean, like, it's a great conversation starter too. So this will help you engage with the game when someone's like, hey, like, what are those metal arms coming out of your spine over there? I've also got stimulant enhanced hand speed, thinking of like the chemical take on it, or that an entity bound to you does the stealing for you i like this one a lot like an invisible imp like just takes things and just, plants them in your pocket just takes things and then you're just like oh that that sleight of hand check just got made and maybe my character doesn't want that but that merchant certainly saw that apple like float over to me so now i got a problem i have to deal with yeah just different ways to sort of reflavor that. You can even use it as a conversation starter with people. Take something out of their pocket and then act like they dropped it. Like, oh, oh I think you just that's dropped a really this. good one. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's something valuable where they're like, oh, man, like, Thank you. Family heirloom type thing that immediately ingratiates you to them. And it makes the following conversation so much easier. Oh, yeah. Set up that favor. So moving into another big one here, stealth. So stealth, hmm. Avoiding detection. This is massive in D&D. There, there are character classes designed around it. There are prestige classes designed around stealth. There is so many things revolving around stealth in D&D that it seems strange that something so versatile is just being unseen. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and start with combat, which kind of feels like the gimme. So the uses for stealth as far as combat is concerned is avoiding combat by avoiding detection in the first place, or during combat, getting attention off of you, generating attack advantage against creatures you're hidden from, and then a multitude of tactical advantages that you can set up, such as flanking enemies, allowing you to interact with an object, taking out a particular target, or setting up a trap undetected. I feel like stealth is something most people get pretty much right off the bat. Yeah, because I mean, that's just, that's just being sneaky it covers everything that sleight of hand doesn't cover as far as trying to be crafty and stealthy and mm -hmm. sneaky one that i feel every rogue knows but maybe not every druid or bard hiding to end combat you do not have to fight to the death you can just run away and hide in a bush <laughs> and hope nobody finds you or in the case of a druid you can become a bush or you could become a bush in which case no one will find you yes 
If you have like a large creature on your side or even a large rock nearby, you can duck behind that and you can hide. Absolutely. And for that matter, a DM that provides things to hide behind creates a more interesting battlefield and gives the players more options. We're looking forward to doing a terrain show in the future in which we will cover that more comprehensively. So as far as mobility goes, there are rules about moving at a stealth pace if you have a ranger in the party. You can be stealth, but move at a normal pace, which I think actually makes a lot of sense, and it's a nice little niche for the ranger. Discreet actions. Oh boy. Okay, so looking at the utility of the stealth skill, stealth is kind of unique in that it stacks with other skill checks to make those skill checks stealthy. So for instance, if you are like climbing up a wall, which may be an athletics check, if you make a stealth check first, you can be like, hey DM, I want to climb up this wall but not be detected in doing so. And if you pass that, you're good to go. I will say a weird exception of skills that stack with stealth is sleight of hand. Swiping objects discreetly is very specifically the realm of sleight of hand. But something I was thinking about, if you're already hidden and you take an object, you're not really using the sleight of hand skill because that only really comes around when there's other people around, right? So I would say that when you're swiping something and using stealth instead, Mm -hmm. that's going to be like something bigger. Like sleight of hand is going to be something you can palm, like put it in your hand or slip Mm -hmm. in your pocket. The stealth stealing is going to be a vase the size of your chest or even a chest, that kind of thing. You're going to be trying to sneakily get that away, which you may also want to put a strength check depending on what's in there. But, you know, it's kind of weird because once you take that, it's... It's stealth, again, to keep it concealed, like while you're moving around, unless they're searching for it on your person, which then goes back to being sleight Sleight of of hand hand again. Because you're trying to hide it from them actively. On your person, yeah. On your person, yeah. Which is a little bit of a weird rule overlap there. Starting a fire. I love starting a fire from stealth. Nobody knows you did it. It's a big deal. Everybody's attention is on putting out the fire. Great for distractions. Really great if you're like somewhere where the fire spreads pretty quickly too. Getting away from said fire after you start. Yeah, Um, yeah, running away. As far as roleplay goes, how would you roleplay being a sneaky character? That would be a lot of being a little shifty in speech and in mannerisms. Maybe not making any sound when you walk. Mm-hmm. Small details really where it comes to when you're being sneaky as roleplay aspects. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you could roleplay being sneaky. I feel like sneaky characters are always in high demand. Somebody somewhere always wants something. And a sneaky character can usually help them get it because they can circumvent all the red tape. If somebody wants something they don't have access to, that's... That is an opportunity for your sneaky character to step in and do something about it. Sneakiness with that shady connotation, uh, I feel like unsavory characters are going to be one of the easiest places for you to find work. The rich and powerful people with something to gain and something to lose might also have need of someone with some sneaky skills. They generally want you to try and find something particularly powerful for them. Oh yeah. Or even just getting in somewhere and getting out undetected. Think about what happens if you sneak into a camp and you just poison all the water barrels and then you just sneak back out. You don't fight a single person, but story-wise, what you have done to all of these people is tremendous. Oh yeah. And I feel like the personality implications of being a sneaky person, I feel like you can go a lot of directions with it. You could be that high-profile assassin who's charismatic, but once you're on the job, like you've got the skills to back it up. Or you can be that quiet person in the corner who like watches everyone. I'm thinking of like Amazon's The Boys, uh, Translucent okay. is a character who turns invisible and he stands in the corner of rooms like when people think they're alone and he just watches them, which is kind of interesting because that means he's kind of an insight character, uh, but we'll get to that. Also, let's be a little bit creepy too, if you'd like, you know, just 
Yeah. Stealth, stealth over in the corner and oh, just yeah. watch people. You if you, you want to role play that creep factor, like by all means, that makes for an interesting character. So how would you reflavor sneakiness? Where does this come from? So if we're talking about reflavoring it for different settings, for like mm-hmm. a futuristic setting, you can have a, have a uh, stealth field, light bending, uh, a la Predator, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or I'm thinking of like the belts from Knights of the Old Republic that dampen sound around you. Definitely. If you were like a hunter or someone who grew up out in the wilderness, this could be more prowling instinct as opposed to just like creeping around a city sort of thing. An item of no for setting up a battlefield through your stealth skill. The Caltrops, I wanted to draw attention to that. It is a lowly one gold, very common, easy to find. As an action, you spread this over a five foot area, such as a doorway. Any creature that enters it must succeed on a modest DC 15 save or take one piercing damage and stop moving for the rest of that turn, which is nice. What's interesting about this is until they regain at least one hit point, meaning they have to use some sort of healing, whether that's a spell, whether they're burning a potion or what, their speed is permanently docked by 10 feet. That's really nice, especially if you're trying to corral enemies together. Oh yeah, if you're aggroing a bunch of people. Oh yeah. Docked by 10 feet means your entire party will probably be able to outrun whoever you're fighting. Also, that little line where it immediately stops movement if they fail their save is amazing. That is big and lets you set things up for a lot of other characters. I really feel like the items are understated too. Really looking forward to doing an item podcast on that. That about does it for our dexterity skills. Be sure to join us next time on Ad Proficiency Podcast to cover intelligence skills. The Ad Proficiency Podcast is brought to you by NerdJam.net and Barcode Media. For more information, check out the links in the description below.